This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages to the Winter is Coming Game of Thrones podcast. I'm your host, House Razor, and this is Take the Black, and I'm here with Corey Phone, Corey Smith, and Isis. That's right, the group is back together, Corey Phone. Um, I hope that you're uh, feeling better from your ouchie from last week. I'm good. <clears throat> See, I can't even say a sentence without having to clear my throat God. I'm sick, so... Well, Fun, Isis right? and I were like rub a little tussing on it, and you'd be right. All right, but apparently you didn't listen to our advice. I I don't put listen to anything. Put some Vicks on it. Put some Vicks on it, baby. You got to put it on the bottom of I your put feet. Vi- I, got those, I got That's one of those. one of those. That's not what bears. I thought you said. But yeah, I I've, I've got one of those teddy bears that has Vicks in the fur. So hopefully, you'll... <laughs> I can just. Im- I'm looking at you in my head, holding a teddy bear with Vicks on it. I I'll never get that out of my head now. All right, so um, there really hasn't been a lot going on in the world of Game of Thrones since last we talked, but there was a 54-second teaser dropped at Brazil's Comic-Con experience. David Benioff and Dan Weiss were there, along with Macy Williams, who plays Arya Stark, and John Bradley, who plays Samuel Tarly. They were there. And um, Can we talk uh, about why... So many people chose Brazil as the dump spot for their new trailers and shit, though. <laughs> like, for real, Disney did it, or Marvel, whatever. HP's like, what the hell is going on? Why? I don't understand. I don't get it. Because apparently they showed a Spider-Man trailer in Brazil and then didn't immediately put it up for us in the place where they make their money. Uh, so I don't know. But I'm annoyed by that. And, and Game of Thrones going and be like, I'm going to give all this special shit to you guys. It's like, dude, I can't afford to go to Comic-Con in Kansas City 50 minutes from me. You think I can get to Brazil? I'm sorry, I'm just annoyed. <laughs> no, I agree, man. There are a, there was a lot of stuff that came out of Brazil. Like, that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse thing, that's going to be a badass movie. I can't wait to watch that. And, uh, yeah, they dropped that trailer. There's a lot of things they're doing. Like, uh, 
I don't know why they chose to do that there. And then you're right. It is is like where they did it is kind of like a like it's weird where they do it. San uh, San Paulo, Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, we got we got a new teaser. It's 54 seconds long, and um, it's not any new footage from season eight, which was disappointing, obviously, but. There was some cool stuff, like um, we saw a cold mist creeping across the map table that um, Aegon the Conqueror built. God damn, who is creaking? That's, that is, that, somebody's creaking. No comment. Nobody's going to own it. <laughs> it's Boner Smith, and we all, we all know it. It's not it me. Like, I've got a cushy, like, office chair. <laughs> It's fucking me, goddammit. I'm trying to do my whiskey. The, the guy who farted, and we caught all his farts on recording, is creaking in his chair. The stupid microphone unplugged, and therefore the mute button. Uh, all right. But hey, if you want more creaky farts in your life, you could donate to our Patreon. Where? <laughs> hey, are you a fan? Like, I want to do, do a GoFundMe where we just try to, to fill smith up with like beans and lentils and greens and and, and then, him, and then have him, him lay down chair. yeah get him a worse chair and just be like yeah don't this is what you want to pay for so. no fuck the chair have him lay down so the, yeah. the mic rubs he, his, like, do. he used to he used to do this everybody i need you to understand like we're in four different places this is recorded on skype you know we we don't have like we're not and we can't just come in because I have some studio quality equipment. I got like a PV mixer and yeah. audio technica stuff. Like I have good equipment, but of course we can't use that. We have to use Skype. And Smith <laughs> used to record this this shit. This is a professional second rate <laughs> podcast. And he used to record this on his back. Or even better, I'm assuming on his stomach with like his feet kicked up behind him, like a girl on the phone in an 80s comedy. Using like an iPad with a, a microphone plugged in through the headphone jack. It was the it was the iPhone, you know, the Apple headphones that they give you. Oh, oh even my better, gosh. they're so well known for their custom their stock their stock headphone set. <laughs> yeah, the ones that come with your phone. Yeah, yeah. It was basically you were he was basically using headphones that have the microphone thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 So that that was what we had to deal with for years, years. until years until he finally like upgraded set up. The, and now I use the shit that you told me to buy, and it doesn't and fucking work. It's not his fault. You don't know how to use proper technology. I, I, mean, I was gonna have... say, uh, you you know what? I I think a lot of that is user error. So it's still your fault. <laughs> I mean, you you can't blame the technology if you're not using it right. Blame the scotch. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the not Game of Thrones podcast. We're here to bag on Corey Smith. So, um, if you the enjoy, title. that's exactly what this this podcast is if about. You enjoy fact, I was telling my coworkers about it. <laughs> yeah, I tell my family members. There's this guy we make fun of on a podcast. You'll get it. So, uh, yeah, no. If if you want to, um, if you want to listen to us make fun of a guy, a grown man cry on uh, on Skype. While he farts, then uh, we're the podcast for you. 
To be honest, this is really my stress reliever is to make grown men cry. So I'm just gonna drown my this sorrow is, in this. this. Is... I'm drowning it in this uh, very nice Game of Thrones uh, Johnny Walker whiskey. Ooh, you got the you got the Walker whiskey. That's some good stuff. Man. I got that one, and I got two of the the limited edition ones that were for each of the houses. Yeah, which were, yeah, were fucking hard to find, by the way. Yeah, one of my one of my friends in Arkansas got some Stark stuff. Oh, and... I got Stark and um, Targaryen, and then a buddy of mine got Lannister and Tully. But the Night's Watch and the Baratheon ones were just unable. Nobody had them. They were like the. They were like the uh, giraffe, t- beanie, teeny beanie baby from the McDonald's uh, <laughs> Happy Meal back in the day. Nobody the, got a giraffe. No one got one. They were the yeah. Cabbage Patch of the 80s Christmas. You couldn't uh, find a fucking Cabbage Patch doll anywhere. I got the coolest special promotional item in the world today, though. Oh, yeah? What is that? I got one of the KFC logs, like fire <gasps> logs. What? That, did you see this? <laughs> Shut KFC up. had a promotion, like a limited time, a one per customer type thing. They had those these Enviro logs that you throw in your fireplace that have like a three hour burn time that smell like they're eleven herbs. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and it was twenty I'm bucks so, with I'm shipping. So it was twenty jealous. bucks. I, so I bought jealous. one. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to use it as like a white elephant gift or something. But um, <laughs> or because my fireplace is gas, but hell, I might just fucking throw it in there. So just do it. Yeah. Anyway, oh yeah, Game of Thrones. It's a show. Speaking of Game of Thrones, yeah. Anyway, um, you can use that. Well, uh, I mean, that that equates to fire, right? I mean, that like seven herbs, or is it ten herbs and spices? It's eleven herbs and spices. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. Wait, hold on. While we're on herbs. that subject, have you ever checked KFC's Twitter page? Yeah, they own. They only follow like a 11. bunch of guys named Herb and then the Spice Girls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like five girls. I don't know how many Spice Girls are there. Five. They fi- they follow know. five Spice Girls and six people named Herb. Who were the Spice Girls? You coriander, uh, <laughs> sage, <laughs> baby. Remember baby. And posh. And posh. My, my posh, favorite yeah. was Anise. Anise. <laughs> uh, peppercorn. So, so I'm gonna just say I got my uh, Lannister Cersei exclusive wine. Uh, Franzia makes it. It comes in a box. <laughs> Um, so that's what I'm sipping on right now. Mm, My wife loves that stuff. Do you hold it like she does whenever the Septa Baylor blows up? Do you like kind of toast the the Septa Baylor and then drink it? Uh, Every time we make fun of Corey. (laughs) (laughs) She feels the wind. There's not enough wine for that. Come on. (laughs) Oh, I know. I go back and get more. I mean, that's why I buy it in a box. I need more. every Every time you turn the spigot on the box... Um, why did the seven plays, right? Yeah. Oh, of course. That's perfect. Okay. So let's get back to Game of Thrones before You know who would love this KFC chicken log? <laughs> the hound. <laughs> oh, every fucking <laughs> chicken. Yes. Oh my yes, god. Alright, anyway, so yeah, there's a show. I don't know, this taking forever. There's books. No, I want to talk about the know. hound and the fucking log. That's all I want to talk about. <laughs> hey, you but, know you can get the seasoning, the kernel's seasoning. At at uh, grocery stores now. No, it's a secret. Nobody has it. No, dude, I bought it. <laughs> I bought the freaking. Someone lied to you. Someone lied to you. Dude, I tasted it. <laughs> you I, got so, <laughs> so, side note, talking about chicken, 
So I was uh, I was in Kentucky for work, and uh, shout out Kentucky, uh, Corbin, Kentucky, and uh, Yo, shout and out so to Corbin, that, Kentucky. Fuck Kentucky. Yeah. Seriously, fuck Kentucky. Corbin, Kentucky. And Ashley Judd, so, by the way. So, no, but, ser- but, but seriously, that's where the home of the first Kentucky Fried Chicken or whatever am is I, from. Am I right, son? Fuck Kentucky. That's right. No, God I it. love I love me Kentucky. Uh so anyway, I, w- I was uh I had I was having dinner with a, a coworker of mine and I was like, "Man, this this tastes oddly freaking familiar." She's like, "Yeah, it's the Colonel's chicken." And I said, "Wait a minute, what?" And she's just like, "Yeah, they sell this seasoning and and I'll have to I'll have to send you the the picture of it, guys. But it's the freaking it, it is it tastes exactly the like chicken? the the freaking Colonel's chicken uh, that they use on the to base the chicken, and I think the hound would absolutely freaking love it. And you can buy you it. Know at you know what? ISIS, you're a talker. What? You're a talker. And what if you, you don't be quiet, I'm going to eat every fucking chicken in this <laughs> oh, room. I thought you just doubled down <laughs> real hard on some, like, sex shit. I was yeah, like, ah, I, like come on. I was like, I don't know where this you, is going. Frill. Listen, listen. <laughs> Listen, if you don't get that that fucking joke, then I'm sorry for you. I feel bad for you. I, I, dude, I didn't know where we were going with it. I was like, I, have <laughs> I, I thought you were going to catch his hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could do the other part of the joke where he drops the C word on him. So I'm like, I can't do that, obviously. What, chicken? <laughs> hey, can we? Can I? I, I, I want to say, Smith, you're one. He's he's in Slack, losing his mind. Smith, you're 100 right. This is a Game of Thrones podcast. <laughs> we have not talked mind. about it at all. Hey, listen. All we got to do is keep reminding people that we're a Game of Thrones I podcast, and we're fine. And we can talk I about whatever we that. want to. Corey, what is your? I mean. You know the show's not on, right? Like, do you, do you realize that that we are just? I was making a joke. This... I was making a joke. Oh, oh we're okay. He was making a joke, oh, okay. guys. Dial it back. Dial it yeah. back. Mm-hmm. I'll put in LOL making... after it next time. So obviously, there's, there's no phone on the internet. Yes. Smiley face emoji con. Okay, you can't end the sentence in a hard period and then expect us not to, <laughs> to assume that that was just there was no stoic. Period. Oh, you know what? You're made right. It worse. Let's yeah. made it worse. Yeah. Open ended. All right. Listen. Let's get back to Game of Thrones, a show we all love to talk about, even though it's not on. It won't be back until <laughs> April, and we like Kentucky Fried Chicken to go with it as well. But um, there was this a 54 minute. Oh my god! <laughs> god damn it! It is. It is brought to you by you know, KFC. You know, the <laughs> only thing that the only thing that would make Game of Thrones more enjoyable enjoyable would be the crunchy, satisfying taste of Colonel's Kentucky Fried Chicken, made with the secret eleven herbs and spices that you fucking cannot buy in a store. And <laughs> and all I'm saying is that I feel like Game of Thrones and chicken go together so well that I think that KFC is missing out on opportunities. So if you listen to this podcast, please tag KFC in a tweet. <laughs> Letting them know about the hashtag winners coming uh, take the black podcast. And uh, yeah, well, you know, we I feel like this is a nice sponsorship opportunity. Uh, crunchy chicken, you know, zombies and lots of incest. That just screams Kentucky to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. So listen, if you're listening to this podcast, the one person that does, I want you to say hashtag 
Game of Thrones podcast, hashtag KFC sponsorship, and we will forever be grateful to you. We might even kick some chicken back to you. So, uh, um, or a log, or a log that smells like chicken. Yeah, well, I'll take the log. I'm glad the log smells like chicken. Thank you, Smith. Yeah, I'll take the log, but I'm not taking the chicken. Can we move? All right, we got to move on. I could riff. I could riff on that for ten minutes. You did. No, taking the taking the log. I need. I need. We need to go. We need to go. Pedal down. Let's. Okay, moving on. Moving on. God damn it! There was fifty-four seconds of a trailer teaser that was given to us from Brazil by David Benioff and Dan Weiss, and it wasn't any new footage from season eight, but it was the. The map table from Dragonstone, from Aegon the Conqueror built. You saw it in season whatever two when Stannis was <laughs> housing fucking, himself. Yeah, Stannis was housing himself at Dragonstone, and then you saw it again last season when Danny uh, took back over Dragonstone. She stood over the table and said, "Let's begin." You know that whole dramatic scene. Anyway, you've seen the map table several times now. Anyway. The beginning of the trailer has this white mist coming through, and it covers a dire wolf map marker, and then it covers up a uh, an unsullied and a dragon. That was actually that, that was actually Stannis that left that there, that white mist after. <laughs> that was always my joke from last season. Like, don't touch the table until you put Windex on it. Why? Oh, why is the reach so have... sticky? What? What <laughs> happened? To the reach? Why? why <laughs> Danny just looks down at Tyrion and goes, "How come this map marker won't is won't move? I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> why, and why, you are know, two, why are these two scene, stuck together? <laughs> that sex scene between Stannis and Melisandre, he didn't move any map markers out of the way. So you know, one or two went up her ass. I'm just saying. So, let's, but everything needs to be wiped down with 409 wipes or something. Clean it. Make sure it's clean. But um, yeah. So anyway, uh, that white. <laughs> The Stannis mist comes over the table and covers covers the. I, I can't say that. Yeah, I did. I yeah, it did. I can't. Yeah, I can't. And, and it goes over the direwolf, the dragon, the unsullied map markers. Slowly makes it what makes its way south, and coming up from the south is the Lannister lion and fire behind the lion. And we see a oddly enough, we see a um, sun and spear of House Martell. And we see a horse that is representative of the Golden Company. And they're making their way from the south towards the north. And when they meet at the Trident River, the Trident is where Robert killed Rhaegar, who we now know is Jon Snow's father. Robert killed Rhaegar there. And there's a couple other things that have significance that happen there. When When the ice meets fire at the Trident, a collision happens and it an obsidian wall bursts from the map table and goes all the way. If you if you look at where I did this, I, I mapped it out. I map quested it. If you do it from Dragonstone, it goes all the way to Iron Man's Bay on the map. And it cuts across the map going along the Trident. So um, it starts at drag it starts at Dragonstone and ends on the other side of the map. It's a pretty cool little and you know they the Benioff and Weiss knew what they were doing. They knew that we were going to talk about this for about 30 minutes. They didn't know that we were talking about KFC <laughs> for 30 minutes. 
But they knew that we would talk about this for a while. Fooled ya. Fooled ya. But, um, uh, Isis, you've seen it now. What were your thoughts on it? Or did I mean, you even watch it? Yeah, no, I watched it. So, you know, I have to say that I, I was a little disappointed that we didn't see any characters. I assumed as much. I don't think we're really going to see anything, um, any new footage until the the first episode airs. I think anything that they're going to show us from now until, you know, the live date uh, is going to be all past footage. Uh, they're they're really going to keep everything under wraps. So, but other We did than that, get that one scene where John was hugging Sansa. So, I mean, they might show us something. I don't think so. I mean, if anything, I still, uh, you know, other than her giving the side eye, I think they're really going to just keep it under wraps. And if they do, it would be like maybe a second or whatever, just to kind of give us like a little cock tease, you know, just to put the head in. Um, but I really feel like <laughs> just the <that>, tip, <laughs> just the tip, just the tip. And so uh, I really feel like that this was really indicative of, you know, ice and fire, bringing them the two together, uh, that, you know, all of these houses are on a collision course. Some are going to be overtaken. Some of them, you know, are going to be decimated. And, and, but I felt like that was really cool that that's what they were trying to kind of show here that, uh, you know, everything's off the table. We don't know who's going to survive, who's going to be still standing, um, and who's going to be, you know, completely just gone. Um, so I, I really liked, you know, there was a lot of visual eye candy going on. So uh, I, I thought it was pretty good for not showing us really anything of for the season. I still thought it, it really played well uh, into the wheelhouse of, of uh, what they were trying to tell us. It played well into the wheelhouse of crazy Game of Thrones fans while Corey Smith um, works in the background. Apparently on gets side. back to his seat. You now <laughs> He works on his bench or whatever he's doing, his his, his craft project in the background. I agree um, with Isis that the trailer was about all you could expect at this point. It's too far out to be showing us, you know, any real footage. Uh, but and, is it the far, far out? Listen, man, January, February, March, April, we're four, four months, not counting this month. We're four months out. So why would, first of all, why wouldn't you count this month? Because that came out on like the 5th, didn't it? So <laughs> that's a whole I month. I never count this month. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, but yeah, we're five or six months out, however you want to look at it, six months out. And there's... <laughs> if you're a mathematician, <clears throat> I guess, whatever. Yeah, if you... <laughs> So you're that person that forgets to count yourself when you're counting like how many people for the reservation at the restaurant and then you get there and there's not <laughs> enough chairs. So uh no you didn't, Smith. And there's uh <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what are you breaking into the fucking microphone? Uh, just loud <laughs> That's the last sound someone hears before they die. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die right that's now. The, you, that's the last sound you'll hear before he dies. <laughs> so anyway, Game of Thrones trailer thing was fine. And I think that the... Uh, I know we're gonna get into it because Game of Thrones fans always go too far with stuff, but there's not going to be a new wall across the middle of Westeros. You shut your dirty whore mouth. You see what I'm saying? You see, you see what I'm dealing with? That there will not be a new wall there. Who's gonna build it? It's not just gonna form because two people hit swords. 
<laughs> Listen, it's, man. It's symbolic. It meets fire. Fog happens. Not obsidian. But I'm just saying, something happens. Something cool is going to happen. Like, it's going to be like an eruption. Yeah, it, out of it's going to be a battle scene, you dumbass. And we're going to get, like, four of them this season, which is going to be really cool. But well, I do think that it hinted at... I don't know if it was my theory or, or mine combined with Isis, but I know the two of us thought about it or talked oh, about sure. it. sure. You two are the cool ones in the podcast. We, I get we usually have the coolest theories because you two still try to, like, pull from the book history, which is just not relevant anymore. But uh, the, the idea that the Golden Company is, like, getting off the boat and, like, ah, we're in Westeros. What is this mist? And then they're just, like, <laughs> just killed within <laughs> Five seconds. <laughs> Bear. Bear, it got cold out here all of a sudden. There must be some Toros in the atmosphere, and then boom, they just Burr, get... it's cold out here. Yeah, so I think I, you know, kind of like from the with the ghosts in Lord of the Rings or whatever on the boat. So it's just gonna be, uh, yeah, I, I think that'd be hilarious. Ding, 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 ding. By the way, that was your Lord of the Rings reference for tonight's podcast. Uh, Game of Thrones brought to you by J.R.R. Tolkien. This is true. Always true. So, yeah, you're right. Listen, we're always going to play too much. I say J.R.R. Every... <laughs> J.R.R. Amalgam of the two. <laughs> what? Nothing. Y'all go ahead. Uh, it was I a good... I, it is It is J.R.R. Tolkien. Is it? Okay, I thought it was... Right. Yeah, you did, you're right. You did okay, buddy. You did okay. okay see, it's still an amalgam. <laughs> Martin's so fucking like stole that from Tolkien. You know he did. <laughs> His middle names aren't even Rich Rod. Just... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, let's talk about something else besides that little crazy. Good idea. <laughs> because I don't want to hear Smith talk about it until later in our special Patreon version. But um, hey, let's talk about. HBO is doing each week, about each week, I guess, they're releasing um, character retrospects where they're going back and looking at um, certain characters, main main characters that are still alive, their journey through Game of Thrones. And what I want to do tonight is talk about um, Isis's favorite character, her little cinnamon bun, Jon Snow. So Isis... Let's start off on season one, episode one, and lead me through some of your favorite scenes with your favorite character in season one. Well, my first favorite scene in season one was when I saw uh, Jon Snow in his beautiful curly locks. And he like he threw back his hair and just like shook his hair out. <laughs> and um, in, slow motion. Really, in slow motion, um, I mean, it looked like it was like an Aprel, you know, shampoo commercial or something like that. It was just herbal essence. I don't know. It was it was glorious. Uh, no, seriously. Uh, no, I really enjoyed the interaction uh, between Tyrion and him. Uh, and I know it sounds cliche, but I really felt like that was a moment where, you know, you understand that he's a bastard. Um, he's an imp uh, that, you know. That the, came the, in the, that episode, Cripples, Bastards, and Broken Things, by the way. So, yeah, it's very astute of you to call that out. Yeah, I, I just really feel like that was, um, you know, you really saw that these two guys who not many people think much of within their own families, 
you know, they, that within their own families, they're not even really loved uh, very much. I mean, there's a few people, you know, like Arya loves John, and, um, and I think for the most part, Tyrion's brother has a lot of love for him. But, um, you know, I think that that episode for me in season one was just a very, very telling. And then to look at here we are, you know, past seven, uh, seven you know, the seventh season and where they are now. Uh, all those people who, you know, naysayers or treated them like crap or didn't think much of them, uh, where they are now in the storyline. So for me, that that is a definite, uh, and, and not only that, but they've also come together after seven seasons and are now working together. So uh, so it just, to me, that's really telling. Uh, if I had but to- are uh, they working together? I mean, that, <coughs> the last time we saw Tyrion, he had that look on his face like, you're going into my Khaleesi's bedroom, and I should be the one going in. So, well, look, I mean, this yeah. is the thing, is that Tyrion can't have it both ways. If if Tyrion is worried about succession, succession, shit, I've had too much <laughs> There was succession. succession. Can, you, can you tell we're all from the South? Succession, you know, who's going to come in after her and everything Look, you can you can worry about that and warn her about that stuff and everything, but don't be thinking it's gonna be your seed who's gonna be doing it. All right. Oh, snap. especially with that beautiful freaking cinnamon bun, uh, just out there hanging out with those curly locks. So sorry, ain't gonna happen. You're in you're in surf friend zone. I don't, you, man. Goddamn, Tyrion is now in the friend zone. Oh, he got friend zoned. Jorah just realized that he has no chance, so he's out of the friend zone and Tyrion's in. Holy well, shit. it sounds like Jorah needs the freaking telling, because uh, uh, Tyrion had no no problems telling Jorah that he was friend zoned. Yeah, Someone yeah. needs to tell Tyrion that he's friend zoned. Um, Corey Phone, let me, what out of season one with Jon Snow? What's your most memorable moment? That what's the one that sticks with you? And don't say. It's the moment where he was getting his hair cut and they were all shirtless getting shaved. That was literally going to be mine. So uh, now (laughs) I have to think about it. Uh, Honestly, and I know this is probably going to be Smith, so I apologize. Uh, It's when the last time he sees Ned and Ned says, when I return, we'll talk about your mother or whatever he actually said. And of course, you know, we know how that goes. So uh, just the... For me, as a, at the time, I had no idea who. I just assumed that John's mom was some, you know, waitress or whatever that Dockside Tavern whore, huh? Yeah, whatever. And um, I didn't know the whole theory around uh, being a Targaryen or any of that stuff because I'm a Shonley. So uh, it didn't, you didn't mean even as know much. about R plus L equals J. You didn't know. <clears throat> I actually didn't watch the first season when it came out because I thought it looked stupid. Um, I was like, Get "Oh, look, the fuck out of here!" Dungeons and Dragons hard pass, and uh, it was uh, my roommate. I lived in Nashville at the time, and my roommate was like, "Hey, you know, season two of Game of Thrones comes back next week," and I was like, "I could not care less." And he said, "Oh, you've got to watch it." So he got me to watch it, and I was hooked after like two episodes. So. Um, shout out to nice. Justin for making me watch Game of Thrones, but oh, yeah. Justin's the one that got you hooked, huh? Yeah, Jeb Jeb. Jeb Jeb. All right, nice. So uh, that's a good scene to be um, 
to be remembered by. I kind of think I know which one Smith's going to go with, and it has Ari in it. Am I right, Smith? No, but that is a fucking good scene. Um, you know, when they, they're saying their goodbyes, because some of the other goodbyes, obviously, like when John goes to see Bran and Catelyn, you know, kicks him out. They don't all go so well. Can so. we just stop for a second and say what a raging asshole Catelyn was to him? Oh, like, what absolutely. a super, super raging asshole she was. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to choose. It, it's kind of a, a two different scenes, but the one, the, there's the one with uh, him and Tyrion when they're on their way to the wall, and, and Tyrion is kind of explaining things to John. Um, and then later he kind of reinforces it when John is talking about how none of the new recruits like him and he's, you know, cause he's better than them and all that shit. Right. Uh, and so I, just that, just kind of his whole first couple interactions with the Night's Watch for me were kind of cool because he kind of, it's like, he's this wide eyed kid and the Night's Watch is this ancient order of honorable knights and da, 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 and then he gets out he gets there and finds out half of them are rapists and the other ones are thieves and there's like three decent guys in the whole order you know so i i just enjoyed that kind of evolution for him um where he kind of gets a awakening to like what the real world is like so that was th- those were my favorite moments in season one those for some John. good moments the whole yeah the the aria goodbye scene where he gives her needle and says you know the stick him with the pointy end that that's a great scene but i'm i'm gonna go with something that's a little more serious and a little bit of a tearjerker for some people who have hearts but um when john says goodbye to rob in uh uh the, the winterfell yards and, uh, you know, at first it's like, by Stark, by, you know, by Snow and all that kind of stuff. And then they give each other that big hug. Um, my, my brother had just died a few months earlier. Um, he died when he was 30 from brain cancer. And I read, I, I would sit by his bed and I would read him uh, Game of Thrones. And so there were some moments, you know, that I read to him that always resonated with me. And uh, obviously... John leaving to go to um, Castle Black happened on the show uh, was more of an emotional moment than it was because I'd already read a Game of Thrones by the time uh, before my brother died. But um, my brother, it was just a few months after my brother passed away. And whenever John said goodbye to Rob in, in the yard and knowing, what ha- knowing that they would never see each other again and that Rob would die at the Red Wedding really wrecked me for a couple of days after seeing that scene so that scene has always stuck with me it's always resonated with me but um not to be a downer can i just say i was about to say can i say one thing yeah. razor i'm so glad you went last i mean i was Cause... planning yeah because i was planning on talking about all the shirtless dudes that if he had the you know, <laughs> By the way, did you, oh, in that scene, John doesn't want to get his hair cut. Like he cries, he like he like gets all upset because nobody's cut his hair yet, and he, he's, he's like complaining about it. So that's a fun scene. Anyway, um, you know who else gets upset when his hair gets cut? ISIS. ISIS. Yeah. ISIS. But uh, let's move on to season two. Let's get into some season two action. By now, John, the the great ranging from the from uh, the Night's Watch has already left. Uh, castle black and john 
is a st- steward to Lord Commander Mormont, Giora Mormont, Jorah's father. And there are some great scenes from season two for John. In fact, this to me, this is where Kit Harrington really came into his own as an actor. Because you know, in season one, it was there were a lot more. This there were a lot more. It was a lot more spread out, and there, I don't feel like they focused a lot at Castle Black, but they focused the story a lot more in season two because there was the threat of the White Walkers for the first time. We saw them for the first time in the season two finale. Um, there was uh, the wildlings to worry about. Mance Raider get preparing his attack for you know I'm gonna light the the, the biggest fire the North has ever seen and all that other good stuff. So, you know I think that there are a lot of great scenes for John and I'm gonna go first here since I brought everybody down with mine on the on, on the last one and I'm gonna say um, my favorite scene from uh, season two is uh, is John. Um, having to kill Corrin Halfhand. I know it sounds shitty, but that's a really big scene for him because in the books and in the show, John has always stayed loyal to the Night's Watch, and he doesn't want to kill Corrin Halfhand. Corrin Halfhand is a legend in the Night's Watch. He's um, he's basically you know Giora Mormont, to, you know of of the Shadow Tower, and I think that's where he comes from, the Shadow Shadow Tower. Anyway, um. So he's a big guy. He's a big character. In fact, if he probably would have been nominated for the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch if he were alive when they did the uh, whole counting and John became Lord Commander. So um, it was it was huge, and it and it bought um, trust of the Wildlings and all that good stuff. But I think that was a big moment. Uh, Smith, what's yours from season two? I, I don't know. I mean, season two for me just kind of overall. It, it... I don't know. Season two is the one that I forget the most, right? Like it just seems like one of those seasons where not a whole lot necessarily happens. That's um, super Are memorable. You, you don't have serious? any. Are you serious? I... Season you two got, is always. You got Danny going. Where are my dragons? Yeah, but she does that like for like four more seasons after that. And <laughs> I was about to say that that becomes her catchphrase. Yeah, I was gonna say what's unique about that for season two. Um, she moved to, to bend the knee. Where are my yeah. dragons, Bethany? I mean, obviously, there's. I mean, killing Corrin's a, a, is a big one. Um, I mean, if I had to pick one, obviously, meeting Egret would be uh, the big one for me. Um, because kind of continuing what I said about season one, when he meets her, he starts to see here's this woman who fights, and she does it because she's a free woman, and she can choose and do whatever she wants. And I think that that was kind of a an eye opener for John, you know, seeing someone like that, who obviously is a fighter and obviously is a warrior, but she's a woman, and that's not something she's that he's ever really. Isn't their considered. first night together? They have to spend the night together because he can't find his his uh, his fellow members of the Night's Watch, and they're cuddling for warmth because he didn't want to at first, but he can't get warm, well, and she right. tells and she tells him. Is that your sword or is that you poking me? <laughs> I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's so it's pretty- it's a it's a great moment. Obviously, I I do like um, in, in the books because in the books he he lets Egret go, right? He releases right, right. her. He he gets ordered to kill her by Corrin and decides not to and lets her go. As opposed to in the books, how she kind of, I mean, on the show where he escapes. And Corn kind of has this point that he makes to John, like, 
if, if I really wanted her dead, I would have had one of the other guys. I would have ordered one of the other guys, and he did. He knew John wasn't going to kill her. Um, ah, that's right. That's right. So I mean, I, it just kind of continued. John doesn't really grow a whole lot in season two, um, but I think meeting Egret and obviously them eventually ending up together was was a big moment for me. So and I know you've been frantically Googling Jon Snow season two while we've been talking. So what's your favorite moment, John, in season two? <clears throat> it's that part where he doesn't know anything. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty much the first three seasons. Yeah, no, I uh, I really I didn't bother Googling because I don't remember anything i honestly guys i i misread the preparation notification i guess uh, <laughs> i thought we were just going to talk about our favorite john snow moment like one a piece i didn't know we were going to go season by season so i don't really have and i kind of agree with smith see, season two gets lost in the shuffle a lot of times and it's really it's the problem that a show like game of thrones has where there's so much buildup, right? Like season two was a very important season for Jon Snow because it builds up the guy that we get in season three and, and on, right? Like season two doesn't have those the, that I can off the top of my head. Uh, the, the Red Wedding is season three, right? Right. Yeah, so you have Ned at the end of season one and the Red Wedding at the end of season three, or almost the end, like the next to last. Well, you've story. got the Battle of the Blackwater in season two. Yeah, so but that has nothing to do with John. Nothing. And, and even that battle, because we talked about that a few episodes, several episodes back, about how that was a really underrated battle scene for and and development scene for a lot of characters, and it gets forgotten because as the show goes on, there's other battles that are bigger and grander and everything. And season two just doesn't have like, you know, that episode like hard home or something. Right. So it kind of gets right. forgotten, right. even though the reason that those big event episodes are so meaningful and impactful is because we had so many episodes of character development and stuff. But yeah, season two was like, like Corey said with, um, you grit. Is that how you say it? <laughs> you, you grit. Egret, whatever. Egret. The girl whose name yeah. has uh, a Y and a G in the beginning of it, so therefore <laughs> it's a real word to me. But uh, that that relationship with her changes John forever, even though we don't get any of the huge, huge moments until later. Hey, real quick. Hey, hey, phone. Smith can't hear you. Now's the time to make fun of him. Make fun Bruh, of him. I'm back. Okay, oh goddamn it! First of all, I only make fun of Smith when he can hear me. So <laughs> here, here, it's not fun if you don't if you do it. Behind yeah, the I was gonna say, what's the, where's the fun in that? Yeah, there's well, no every, fun every, in that whatsoever. The one person that listens to this podcast would get a kick out of it as well. Trying to say. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Smith. Smith has given his, I've given mine, Bones talked about his in general, in not specific. Um, Isis, please tell me you've got something. Okay, so, you know, I, it, okay, 
again, I agree with with what uh, Corey Thone said. I mean, there's not a whole lot of great moments in there. And of course, then Corey Smith, you know, took the one that I was going to take was about you great because, you know, hell, he had to phone it in. Uh, But to be honest, this is what I wanted to do. Uh, I really wanted to kind of dive into the relationship with him and Sam. Um, because this is when they start trying nice. to a good one. Know, God damn it. pastor. Uh, so no, I, am serious. Like, I mean, there's some unsavory shit going on at crafters. Right. And, um, this is, you know, where Sam, um, is kind of relying on his friend because he's like, Oh crap. You know, now we're going out, you know, to this place. They don't know where it is. Um, you know, Sam is being asked to, to, you know, Gilly, he meets Gilly and, and all of that stuff. But I really feel like this was a really wonderful relationship moment, or I should say the beginning of a very good relationship moment, uh, between, you know, Sam and John and that this very brotherly, Hey, I'm going to look after you like you were my brother. And, you know, you are essentially my brother, brother in black, if you will. Uh, but I really feel like, you know, the decisions that Sam makes, it's like, you know, John is like, damn it, Sam. But, you know, he's like, hey, you're my brother. I'm going to look at. Yes, exactly. Um, but, you know, of course, he's going to he's going to go ahead and take care of his brother. And it's really nice to be able to kind of thread that, you know, relationship grow in season two and then see how that relationship continues on. Um, and, and how the loyalty, you know, continues on into season seven. So the way I look at it is that, you know, this was really the beginning of uh, this this relationship that was going to continue on throughout the rest of this the season. God damn, ISIS owned us all with that answer. By the way, I just want to let you know. Big shout out to to the to the behind the scenes player in season two, Ghost, who doesn't really get a lot of screen time after season two. But he's the one who scared Gilly and made her drop the eggs because he, he ate a rabbit or something. And she got really scared, and Sam had to save, had to save her. So, uh, rabbits. Yeah, rabbits. That's what I said. You said eggs. She, she dropped the eggs because he ate the rabbits. I don't know. Whatever. He ate all the rabbits. Whatever. Yeah, it's almost like season two is kind of forgettable. Anyway, let's... Uh... <laughs> I get your point. I really get your point. I do. I do. <laughs> no, um, I'm I'm gonna let ISIS kick us off on season three because there's some moment in season three. I guess I gotta fucking Google. Well, John and Egret that only ISIS can really talk about. And ISIS, I'm gonna talk. Let's talk about the cave. Cave sex. The cave. Oh, the different cave sex. I'm gonna just say right now that Jon Snow does his best work in a cave. Okay. Um, <laughs> this, he did his best this... work in her cave. Am I right? <laughs> well, then oh. later on, he, he later on did some lay down some other work in another cave <laughs> with Danny. So, uh, so no, I'm I'm just gonna say that uh, yeah, that that we had. Yeah, to be honest, I, I I don't think it was so much him. It was more you greet that whatever her name is. Um, that I absolutely eager. Think of a, whatever. Eager, yeah. Look, I'm on my third glass of wine. Um, so <laughs> you'll never remember this. So um, I, I really loved her and the way he was reacting to her, uh, being very unprepared, but still thought he needed to be very manly. And how she really kind of unmanned him in a very kind of funny way, but 
you know, kind of still protected some of his manhood, if you will. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. I really thought that was a great moment. I think it was whose a really idea, good, funny whose moment. Whose idea too. was it for who? Whose idea was it for him to go down on her? I can't remember. Was it hers or his? I think he just hers. did it. I no, it, it was, no, it wasn't hers because she asked him later, "What was that?" Is that thing how you did? Yeah, is that yeah. how lords treat their yeah. ladies yeah. In, the, yeah. in the south or whatever? Yeah, it was so, all. Yeah. So John just knew to go down on her. Well, he probably what, heard it from his like a, his brother and all-star. and his other and, huh. He's a fucking all star, John Snow. That goddamn son of a bitch. He's an all star. I, I don't care. I I thought that was amazing. I I was like, hey, I, again, it really didn't have anything to do with John Snow. It really had to do with his girl and her reaction to him, and um, that made it feel like, oh, he's so insecure and so cute. I don't know. I don't know. There was an, a- you know, there was an animal in that scene, right? And nobody knows this. It's there, was a the what? there was an animal in that scene. It's in the behind-the-scenes video, if you haven't watched it. Um, it's, a, it's called the Lickalotopus. It was in the... Oh, it dear was- God. <laughs> Why, why did you have to move? Why did you have to ruin my segment? Please. Because, because I had to. I just right. had to. So yeah, and I I'm, thought I, I that's one sorry. of my favorite. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. No, I really did. I mean, I did really like the back and forth between um, the two of them. It was definitely some comedic relief that John needed because he was so dark and so serious. And yeah, and I just I thought that she brought something out in him um, that we hadn't seen yet, so I liked I liked it. Bone, what you got? Wall climb, baby. What? The wall climb. Scene wall three. climb. That was a good scene. That was a very yeah. good scene because when they get to the top, they have a very good romantic kiss. Yeah, that and just um, <clears throat> I don't know the the dedication that you would have to have as John to, <laughs> to climb the wall like that. Like he could have easily just gotten back to the wall, betrayed them. He could have got the jump on, on them, I think, or escaped. And then just like walked up and knocked on the door and be like, Hey, I'm back now and gotten <laughs> in. But like, he, I don't know. He's definitely had fallen in love. Like it was just a very, and like you said, it was just a cool scene. Plus, we got to see a sneak peek at some of all the the dope shit they had at the wall to keep people from climbing it, which was which was interesting. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you know, um, it's cool because in the books, a lot more people fall before he gets his chance because he's sitting there waiting for like a huge raiding party to go over the wall, and like half the raiding party falls and dies and like impales themselves on tree limbs and shit. Like it's really fucking gory, and he's and still he's like OG gangster goes up and just fucking climbs the wall, and almost falls because of that dickhead. What's his name? Orel or whatever, who uh, wants to cut the rope and shit. But yeah, no, that was a, that's a good scene, man. Uh, Smith, what you got? Um, the I, we're gonna call it the John and Egret breakup scene. Nothing, nothing uh, because he's a freaking <laughs> hater. No, I. <laughs> no, that's a great scene where it's after it's after you know John. They they try and make him kill that old man, and John refuses, and so he fights off the wildlings and runs off. Um, and he thinks he's gotten away, but Egret 
tracks him down and he's like, I have to go back. He's like, you know, I have to go back. Um, and he, that's and where you, you get that one photo of him where he looks like he's crying, crying and you get right. the big claw marks on his face. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cause he's like, you know, I have to go back. And she's like, you know, nothing. And he's like, I know I love you. Um, and then she's like, fuck you and shoot some full of arrows. Um, like any good breakup okay, to be, to be freaking honest. It was just one, I think. No, it was no. three. It's like three. It's yeah. three. She shoots him like multiple times as he's trying to get away when it's just them. And after the while, after he's escaped the big group, when it's just them two, um, that scene is the one I'm talking about. And that one was probably the standout one for me um, in season See, three. You know what? I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to tell you something again, yet again, you freaking phoned it in. I would have said the <laughs> fact that John, John Snow missing his brother and Hodor and them all being in the same place and not even knowing it would have been probably one of my best moments. So just want to say that yet again, well, Ray that, Smith flipped in, no, phoned, it in. phoned it in. God I, damn it! I phoned it in the one time he cries the entire series. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? That makes. I didn't pick the time that he's like sharpening his sword. Okay, that's when he breaks up and his girlfriend shoots him full of arrows. It's a powerful scene. It's that's, a good scene. You know, yeah. That that moment is a really good moment. I'm gonna go with um, John killing. See, I would have I I would have went with Tormund and John meeting for the first time. But that's well, just me. I, I mean, I, I to Smith's credit, Tormund does tell Egret. Um, you could have hit him. Like he talks about hitting the target every time. And you could have killed him if you wanted to, but you let him get away. So, like, the, even though she was mad, she still loved her little cinnamon bun. So, she let him. She let him get away, knowing what was gonna like, knowing that he was gonna going to escape back to the Night's Watch. But um, what does what does he say? What so? Whenever Ygritte is that how you say it? Ygritte. 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 Ygritte's like, oh. I, you know, I, I tried to shoot him and, and he's, you know, I did my best. And he goes, no, it's, you know, you used to bullseye womp rats in your T-16 back north of the wall. <laughs> and they're not much bigger than two meters. Yeah. And he was. <laughs> I fucking love you for that, man. I really do. I fucking love you for that. All right. So uh, I, I, I'm going to go with uh, John actually killing um, Orel, the, the warg. Who uh, has the eagle? Oh, that was um, actually yeah, I remember that. That was cool. It was dope as fuck, man. Because when he does, he runs that. He takes his sword and he stabs it, and he goes, "You're you were always right about me," or something like that. Like uh, you know, the Lannisters send their regards. I don't know. He says something really fucking cool, like uh, "My name is Ingo Matoya, and you've killed my father." Prepare to die. <laughs> and he fucking stabs him. And he, he says some dope-ass shit, and then he fucking escapes. So that was my favorite scene from season three. Let's move on to season four, because there are some fucking badass Jon Snow scenes in season four. And this, listen, we might as well, unless you've got something else to talk about, let's just keep it at the wall, right? Because he stayed at the wall the entire time, and he talked shit to, to whatever his name is, Slint, and he talked shit to Thorn. Even though he knew his life was at risk, and still he manned the wall and he fucking defended it against the wildlings and until Stannis came and saved the day. So 
we really, honestly, I know we're all going to be like, that time Jon Snow said uh, for the watch, or the time Jon Snow sent Gren down to his death, even though that was a real dick move, it was still very cool that Gren said the Night's Watch Oath, blah, blah, blah. Let's go ahead and just skip season four, because everybody... No, what? What the fuck? Okay, fine. Say it. What's your favorite moment from season four? All right. Well, I have two. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> when he sends Gren down to no, um, <laughs> I I actually like there's there's two. I mean, they both take place during the battle and the immediate aftermath. But the one when he's on top of the wall with Thorn and the the army shows up and Thorn's like, "You were right. We should have sealed the tunnel." And John. You know, haha, I told you. Okay, hey, Smith. Yeah. I mean, See, no, that's why we See, don't let Smith do two, two options on this Jesus fucking show. Christ. God damn it, Smith. Okay, so when he, he could have been, he could have laughed in <laughs> Thorne's face, right? Right, uh-huh. right, and, right. And instead he's like, it was a hard choice either way. And then him and Thorne have that little moment where he's like. And you like, think they're going to be bros for a minute. You're like, is it going to be friends? Right, yeah, like that. That to me was a cool moment for both for both people uh, involved. So I like that one, and then the my favorite one is the one after the battle uh, when you know John's talking to Sam, and he's like, "I'm gonna go north of the wall, and I'm gonna kill Mance." And Sam's like, "They'll kill you," and he's like, "Yeah, I know, but like, what else am I gonna do? Like, we have no other choice." I have to go north of the wall and kill him because nobody else has a better plan and it's going to suck for me, but I'm going to do it anyways. Like, All right, so I'm going to pick my favorite since Corey Smith once again fucked out on us on his own mic. I'm fucking here. Whatever. Uh, I'm what are you pick doing with your mic? Like, can we just take a second? I know this This is some behind-the-scenes shit. This, is, this really is. You guys, you, guys are, you guys are finding out some really You won't get this at other podcasts, though. I you want behind the scenes? This is what happened. Well, here's the thing. You're not going to get this anymore. We've started a Patreon. This type of behind the scenes content of Smith <laughs> plugging up his mic is what you, the kind of quality content you'll get as a Patreon supporter of Take the Black Podcast. If you want to hear Smith fumble over his words constantly, punch his microphone, trying to drink his whiskey, fart in his chair, all these things and more are available for you only for our Patreons. Thank you. Oh, my God. You've not lived until you've listened to Corey Smith's part for an entire podcast. I'm just telling you right now. Listen, it's uh, honestly him farting to me is is better than any like the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, you know, Bill Burr's Monday Morning, you know, all those po- all those podcasts are just C minus, baby. Smith drinking scotch, letting them letting them fly. And you know that sitting in a wood sitting in a wooden chair that's on a wooden floor in which he cannot sit still because he probably <laughs> doesn't have a cushion on it. And we know he doesn't have a cushion on it because his farts reverberate through the room. <laughs> All of these things you think, oh, there's no way they're gonna let him keep doing that because it would just completely throw off a podcast. But and yet those are the things that you get. As a Patreon supporter. Anyway, back to the podcast. You're uh, probably thinking, 
Next week, I hope they kick that guy off. He won't be on next week, right? And next week, he's fucking back on the podcast. How bored would y'all be without me, though? Come on. It wouldn't be any fun. Well, then we'd have... It's like... It'd be like in Parks and Rec when Jerry retires, and they have to find a new Jerry, and... and <laughs> I, I don't want to go through that, so we keep you around. Yeah, there's been some people who've been on the podcast we can't ha- ever have back, so you have to stay. Dan anyway. Selkie, fucking hey! garbage. Bazinga! Bazinga! We're all fired. Uh, <laughs> I, <yeah>. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so what's going on? What are we talking about? KFC's Yule Log? All right, we'll get back into that. So I think the secret is Timrick. Anyway, go ahead. All right, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Um, Jon Snow in season four. Uh, my favorite scenes where he fucking takes a hammer to the fucking um, Finn. The Finn. That's that's my fucking cool. favorite. Cool beans. Great, right. great fucking story. <laughs> I mean, he's he's it's inexplicable, man. The Finn is knocked Long Claw out of his hands, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, there's this, there's this. Lift of a fucking blacksmith hammer sitting right beside him and he grabs it and puts it directly into the Finn's head. The Finn didn't think to use it because he's trying to eat Jon Snow because apparently they're cannibals on the show. So, like, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, that's that's all I got. Anybody else? Season four? Nobody? Fuck Ollie. <laughs> Fuck Ollie. Thank you. That motherfucker. Thank you. Son of a bitch. All right. We can move into season five since we're talking about fuck Ollie. And uh, Isis, why don't you start us off? You got a season five moment you really like? The fact that they – yeah, I am. I'm so gone. Like, I I think I only have this last season in me right now. I mean, I'm serious. Like, I'm just – like, are we – how many more seasons do we have to go on? More. We're Jesus. only halfway through. God damn. Um, seriously, I'm like, Jesus Christ, are we still going on this? Uh, yeah, so I guess it's gonna be between him and meeting, um, oh, damn it, what's his name? The other freaking, see, I told you, I'm, I think I'm too drunk for this. The other freaking, uh, I get it. Yeah, the other freaking guy, the, uh, the, uh, Stannis. Him and Stannis. Yeah, season season five, right? They They met briefly in season four, but yeah, in season five. But he tells him, like, hey, I'm freaking Stark's son. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and everything. And he just kind of like, hmm, really, you know, kind of thing. Uh, You know, Stannis being Stannis. Uh, But I really felt like when he, when Jon Snow met Stannis, he he really, um, you know, really felt like, oh, man, I've met somebody big. You know, this is somebody who I've heard of and I know of. And um, so I really liked. Uh, Let me ask you a question, really quick. Would you say that Stannis brought less men to the fight, or more men to the fight? Less or more? What? What? No, just answer the question. Less or more? Oh, is this a fucking fewer joke? She- God damn it! Why do you ruin my fun? Why? Oh, this I, is I, oh, this is a grammar thing. You know what? I, I 
You know what? Fuck Corey Phone. He's off the podcast. No. No, I'm off, off the podcast then. <laughs> I'm like, no. I'm, like, I'm leaving my fewer joke. All right. Okay. So, so yes. Anyway, uh, I, I really liked, um, you know, him being there. And then I also liked his interaction, John's interaction with Tormund. Uh, we got some more interaction. I think that, to be honest, this is the reason why Tormund is still on the dang show. Uh, yeah. I don't know about the books, but for me, this is this is really where we see Tormund, um, Ed, uh, really kind of create their own uh, their own um, characters. I mean, uh-huh. granted, uh-huh. they're all you know dependent upon John because they have that yeah. relationship with John. But I really feel like that's how these actors really kind of stood out uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. is through that relationship with John. So I'm gonna just say I'm not gonna I'm gonna say Stannis. Um, because we had some really great moments of Stannis in that torment and um, how could you not talk about Hardhome and John killing a fucking White Walker? God damn! Because I'm gonna leave that to somebody else uh, who wants to phone it in every single time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm phoning a friend, motherfucker, because that's the baddest ass John Snow scene uh, all the way up until season six when he killed when he goes to hang Ollie. But still. He fucking... See, but you always, you guys want to focus in on that one episode or that one thing that he did. I'm looking at the bigger picture, how these relationships continue on throughout the whole entire season. How about, how about this? How about this? Corey Smith, please tell me that your favorite scene from season five is uh, Fetch Me My Sword, which was a, a play on Fetch Me and Block to kill Jane O'Slint. Yeah. What? Yeah, I mean, that was cool beans. definitely cool, because that was when he... Hello. Thanks, Smith. Hello. 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 <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know if it's if I'm talking anymore or what's going on. Is this thing on? Yeah, you're good now. Tell you're us. Tell us. Now. <laughs> oh, for uh, No, yeah, that... <laughs> Y'all, I'm out. I'm out. Okay, so listen, listen. Let's move up to season seven, right? And I think everybody's favorite scene is boat sex. All right, so that's the end of this fucking podcast. We've talked about Jon Snow enough. He's the great king in the north. He, he's bringing everybody together. Ice and fire coming together, and um, that's going to be cool. So uh, Jon Snow retrospective from Take the Black. It has nothing to do like HBO. But hey. You would be bored. I would like to say in season six, I think everybody's favorite. I'm going to speak for everyone. John being revived by Melisandre. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I I think having him completely on a she slab, took, naked. She clipped, she clipped his pubes. Whatever. I thought that you, was hot. You know she did. She gave him a haircut. He was totally naked except for that cloth. You know she clipped his pubes. You know, and, and to be honest, I think also in, in season six, um, well, I really loved him. Yeah, well, I really enjoyed the fact that, you know, when John um, went ahead and says, you know, like, my my watch is over, yeah. you know, or my watch is ended. That's what he yeah. says. My watch is ended. Uh, I really, really do enjoy that part because it really kind of just shows, hey, I'm closing the door on this whole thing. I'm done. I'm walking away from this. I'm leaving. Um, you know, and it's, it really kind of showed that he wasn't exactly like his father because I, Ed would 
stay with something until I mean, basically, it costed it cost his life, um, right, and right, it really right. kind of really showed John uh, breaking away from the uh, you know the netism, if you will, of uh, being a Stark. So I really did enjoy that, and that's just to kind of bring this podcast back to where it needs to be because um, um, well, Corey, Corey, Fung, Corey, Corey Smith ain't gonna do it. Corey Fung, please tell me that uh, your favorite moment has to do with something that battled the bastards. Sure, him uh, when he thinks he's just doomed, so he takes off his like belt and everything, and oh fuck just, hold, yeah. just holds his sword up and is like, "I'm gonna kill as many of you as I can before I die." And uh, and then of course his men come up behind him and everything, and that whole battle was um, a really great example of uh, I, it's a really great example of the plot armor <laughs> that, that John has. like the the way that like everything <clears throat> arrows missed him perfectly arrows missed him like it's all all of that he shouldn't have won he was outnumbered you know it, it basically kind of confirmed i think in a store in in a series that really for the longest time and whether you want to agree with it or not the show was like hey we'll kill anybody nobody's safe blah 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 and it's like well at some point someone's got to be alive right and right, so right, right. you know that was kind of the first heads up that because they almost killed him like 80 times <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and then at the end he's literally raising a shield fast enough to stop arrows like a middle like a, a medieval times neo and <laughs> uh, so we just like nobody really talks about how absurd that is really and uh because because fuck ramsey right but like the yeah. yeah that that whole episode was like the first because that was also was that also the episode where we got the first bit of it was in uh slaver's bay is that yeah yeah. yeah yeah so so they so really narratively that episode was like hey check this out john and danny ain't going fucking anywhere for <laughs> for several <laughs> For several more seasons, they are they'll be here till the end. So, um, yeah, that was that was cool because it really took if John could survive the Battle of the Bastards and get out of that, it literally remember that movie uh, Ants that came out <laughs> at the same time as Bug Bug's Life, and uh, the the one ant lives like because he hides under a leaf during the battle and literally everyone else dies and they ha and he comes back and they have signs like one nothing we win like that kind of stuff is that John the Ray like, Romano I, movie? I survived so we won is that that's Ray that Romano saying Ray Romano uh, no oh, that's the B movie that was B movie B movie was Jerry Seinfeld oh, okay whatever this, is, this kind of this kind of like animated bug based entertainment is the only the only place you can find that is on the take the black podcast and it's only for our patreons so <laughs> listen man ramin jawadi sold that fucking scene wherever john takes off his sword belt and the stark theme rises as he does that and those yeah. guys are charging down slow motion jawadi sold that scene and that was badass i agree with you that was my favorite fucking part of that whole entire thing um I'm not gonna. We're, we've gone long. It's already. We're already an hour, over an hour. You guys already know season seven. John was a badass. He did some stupid things. He went beyond the wall to find the white. At least he brought it back. But he lost Danny a dragon in the process. It was kind of dumb. And then um, boat sex. He did have some boat sex. Boat sex. 
He did, and and ISIS did get to see his ass, and so we're she was pretty happy about that. So, um, but for, we're we're going to go ahead and call this podcast good. Well, not really good, bad, but it's the end of the podcast. <laughs> fair, fair point. Done. It's the end of the podcast. So uh, for all those who are listening, we thank you. We love you. Good night and vlog more This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.